Welcome to Day Zero Update for February 12th, 2023. I'm your host, Chris Logie. And I'm Daniel Victoria. And yeah, just a two-man crew this week as we are recording early for uh, the Super Bowl happening later today. Big game. Yeah, we wanted to kind of get this in earlier instead of trying to record during the game, which would not go well for everybody's schedules. Uh, so we have a big week this week. A Nintendo Direct happened. Yeah. Uh, we announced a bunch of stuff here. Uh, some of it not uh, too interesting, but still plenty of neat surprises uh, mm-hmm. for that. So that is a nice thing we'll have here. Uh, but also we have uh, some other news going on as the launch of PlayStation VR 2 is coming up. Sony has made a nice video for the unboxing and showing off everything that is in it and how to set it up and all that looks pretty neat. Uh, what else is there? There's a couple games coming out, one of which is surprising. And uh, yeah, we got a little PlayStation Indie Spotlight. They have a few games there they showed off. Uh, some of the stuff that's been announced for a little bit. So we'll get to that stuff before uh, or a little bit later after we get to talk about what we've been playing. I'll kick it off here with Trigger Witch. Still playing this. I'm basically near the end of the game. I'm just trying to clean up trophies and such that I'm missing right now. Uh, but yeah, basically about to go to the last dungeon with the final boss. Uh, still working my way through that, but cleaning up stuff, trying to find these uh, weapon parts that you need to start upgrading uh, one of the stats on the weapons you got and had some that are just very frustrating with how to get to them. Because uh, usually they have you know, some sort of secret side entrance or something you find uh, pretty easily, but this one uh, that you can find pretty early on is just sitting up in this area. There's no clear place for like a secret entrance because it's like a few screens over in a different cave. It's just, oh, if you go all the way around this one way, uh, you come to a, the entra- the exit that goes to the other place. And trying to find that on the internet is not easy. Uh, because it's just, they want to send you all the videos, and I don't want to skim through a video for the one thing. I eventually found a guide that had had it, though it didn't explain it super well either, so that was annoying. But either way, I'll probably finish that this week. Uh, but otherwise, uh, I've been playing Metroid Prime Remastered. That was one of the, the big reveals in the Nintendo Direct. Uh, got that. Stream some of it. Uh, feels good. Looks good. Uh, they've done essentially a big overhaul of a lot of the visuals in that game. Uh, it'll look like what you maybe remember the game to be, but if you go look up the the way the original game looks, you'll see that they've done a lot of work to it uh, around there. They've enhanced the controls, made it feel more like a modern kind of first-person shooter, uh, though they do have options for like the classic control scheme, which I swapped into when I was doing the stream, and that was a mind fuck because it was like, this is not control like you would expect. Because uh, like the analog sticks, uh, the left analog stick does not uh, move you around. It aims your uh, your uh, gun, I believe. And I think with the old GameCube version, you had to hold off left and then move that same stick. Because yeah, like if I remember correctly, the um, right analog stick actually changes your gun. Maybe. I forget what it was, but the way it's mapped on uh, my 8 controller, 
uh, was okay. immediately like completely different because you know that game was built around having a big giant A button to use for shooting. Yes. Versus the the triggers like you would now. Uh, though you can shoot with either one. Is it, is it triggers or now, or, or is it still like one of the face button? Or you can you can it. still use A, but you can also hit the triggers. Okay. Uh, either one uh, makes sense in some circumstances for A button when you're shooting all the the little pieces of shit in the tunnel that swarm yeah. around. Uh, that's not great on a trigger. Um, some of that kind of stuff. It still is like, oh yeah, that's why they had it on a face button because you're gonna sit here and mash it a bunch to hit at these enemies. Uh, and the left trigger is not. The left trigger originally was sort of a. Uh, it's a lock on, not a you know, aim down oh, yeah. sight thing. So mm-hmm. that's kind of the other thing because you're just going to hold it and it's like, wait, it's not doing anything. It's because you have to wait for this little icon to show up around an enemy to be able to lock onto it, that kind of thing. Uh, it works pretty well. Uh, I believe they do have a Wii style setup for the Joy Cons. Though I turned it on with my Apido controller and it's like, this is not working at all. It's still using the, the gyro, but it's way different sensitivity. It did not make sense. It wasn't feeling like, you know, a Splatoon or something like that. Uh, so that Is was... that a situation where you can actually change it, or no? It just has different setups. There might be a sensitivity in there a little bit, um, but I wasn't sure about that. I was just checking out the other ones, and like, do any of these work still? I was like, maybe not so much. Unless they release like a GameCube controller for the Switch, that might be where the classic works out pretty well. Uh, but otherwise, it's still holds up really well. Uh, looks nice, uh, all that kind of stuff. The the scanning is kind of the the other big thing. Is that you know the way you learn about the environment, and the story stuff, as well as some gameplay mechanics is through the scanning. Uh, so there are things like oh, if you have the the charge shot. Uh, if you hold that over, you know, uh, ammo or health uh, health pop-ups that are in the air, you can pull them into you, and I don't think I ever knew that before. I must have just never scanned it, scanned whatever thing told me that uh, in the game. So I was like, well, this is neat, because there's a lot of times, you know, stuff that's hanging out in the air, and it's like, I can't reach any of this if you kill enemies. Uh, that kind of stuff. But yeah, I've got... I think I killed one of the bosses, or two of the bosses. You go through one on the spaceship uh, before you go down to the planet. Killed the big bee or wasp enemy. Uh, uh, thing. Something like that, where it's just basically just these wasps spawning all around you as this like flamethrower thing's just spinning around. Yeah. But you gotta shoot. And trying to figure out how, like, how much of this I remember from the original, because I don't think I played it to completion or anything. Uh, but I definitely remember wandering around the the sandy areas a bunch uh, aimlessly. So I probably wandered around for a while, uh, did some things, and then just kind of gave up at a certain point. Uh, maybe like eight to ten hours in. So looking forward to seeing how how much of this I remember. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I, yeah. I personally haven't picked the game up yet because I'm, I'm waiting for the physical version. But when it was unveiled during the Direct, which we'll talk about later, like... I was amazed by it. I was like, this is not just remastered. It looks more like a remake to me. And it, lo- it looks like a lot of the, um, uh, a lot of the articles say it pretty much is. So they've pretty much uh, just canceled our, our definition of what a remaster and remake is. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to play the game. Uh, I have a lot of nostalgia for this one because it was a birthday present for me in 2002. And 
you know, just uh, being able to enjoy it in HD or even uh, uh, the Switch's OLED screen is something I'm really excited to uh, try out. So it sounds, so it sounds like it's pretty good and I'm pretty, sounds, it sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah. It seems well worth it uh, for that. Also been playing some Steam demos because the, the next fest is going on. I've done a few videos already for stuff. Uh, yeah. I forgot where I had my list of things I had done. Uh, yeah. There we go. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I did Cook Serve Forever, which is the latest title in that series, the Cook Serve Delicious series. Uh, this demo doesn't really have a ton going on in it. It's just like I just run through like a, a series of randomly generated jobs uh, where you're just hitting the the arrow keys on a keyboard, which is not a thing I do very often in PC games uh, for that. But it just runs you through that. Uh, so it's kind of the demo is more like a, a WarioWare minigame uh, for that demo. Uh, let's see, The Last Starship. This is the newest game from Introversion Software, who made Prison Architect and Darwinia. Uh, this one is sort of like a more involved FTL, faster than light, the, the sort of game where you have a ship that you're uh, managing the crew and that kind of stuff, except instead of that, you're kind of managing your building of the ship. You're kind of actually have more control over that kind of thing. Uh, so initially it has you, you know, put your engines in the ship and set up your life support stuff and all that kind of stuff. Uh, the problem is it doesn't explain any of this how to do it. Uh, you just get a list of, like, objectives that it has for you before you can even start doing things. And you kind of just have to figure it out, which was frustrating. But sort of once you get to figuring it out, uh, it gets a lot easier. But it's still... This, uh, this game's going to be going into early access in a couple of weeks, I think, uh, sometime this month. So that's the sort of stuff they're going to they're gonna probably address during that. Uh, same thing for Cook Surf Forever is that's going into early access in April. So those are more demos to entice you to support it from uh, the early launch state, early access. So, uh, yeah, once you get the ship set up, you kind of are able to pick uh, places in the like the immediate solar system to go to or system or whatever um, to complete objectives, uh, quests you get, uh, that kind of stuff. And eventually I think you get to like a big boss fight, uh, which I did not properly prepare for because I just, you know, first time it's a lot of trial and error. So that's kind of the, the, the one issue with that demo is like, oh, you're going to probably have to play it a few times to fully grasp how you do everything, but you can go through, you know, one of the places has, you know, merchants. So you can buy, you know, weapons and supplies for your ship. You have to manage your your crew's use of oxygen and food and water and fuel and uh, ammo and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so it's neat. I'm looking forward to seeing what that game turns into. Uh, but yeah, that's the the one demo. Let's see. There's Planet of Lana, uh, just coming to Xbox and PC. That's a Game Pass game, I believe. And this one is pretty neat. The demo is pretty straightforward. It's a puzzle platformer in the vein of like a, a limbo uh, with a little bit of like cinematic platforming to it. You know, where you have to run up to walls and hit jump to jump up and grab onto them, that kind of stuff. Uh, but it has plenty of like rope swinging that's limbo-like and uh, a lot of the ways you're solving puzzles is very, very simple stuff uh, like that. But it's, you know... It seems like you're a character that lands on this planet, makes a little dog friend that helps you out as part of your puzzle solving, all that kind of stuff. Seems neat. It'll be out, I think, sometime this year. 
Uh, let's see, I played The Last Case of Benedict Fox. Uh, that was also another Game Pass game that uh, is only coming to Xbox and PC for the time being. We have a date for that. Uh, we'll talk about it a little bit later. Uh, that's the, it's kind of Metroid-like, uh, but with Cthulhu influences in it. So you have like a, uh, a demonic voice that's like talking to you constantly as you're going around exploring. Uh, so that's got some combat there that's pretty simplistic and clunky. Uh, I'd say overall the, the demo shows it to be a bit of a clunky game. Uh, takes a bit of, you know, trial and error to figure out how everything works, even with the tutorial stuff they do. But uh, the demo's pretty neat uh, for that. And the last demo I played was Grim Guardian's Demon Purge. Uh, that's the Castlevania-like featuring the two main characters from the uh, the Gal Gun games. And yeah, it's very much Castlevania-like. Uh, the neat thing is you kind of have these two different characters that you can swap between. Uh, one of the characters has a gun for the weapon, and so there's like a certain amount of ammo you have, and if you swap out uh, without reloading, uh, the, the ammo just kind of pops up, uh, fills up a little bit as you go. Uh, so you can kind of do that, though so I didn't see if there was any notion of running out of ammo or reloads or anything, so I don't know about that, but the, the other characters melee base can get in closer and all that. Uh, if one of them dies, the other character sort of uh, starts the that specific area over and has to go and perform CPR on the other person, so you go run up to them, uh, hit Y to like enter CPR mode, and then you have to mash it a bunch to uh, bring them back, and they come back with like half health or something like that. Uh, the main issue I had is like health is a very scarce resource in this game, uh, at least from the, the the few areas I went through in the demo. Uh, so the opportunities for you to get health refilled uh, are few and far between, so you have to be very much on your shit in that game, uh, which is a very Castlevania uh, way to do things. Uh, so yeah. That one seems neat. I think that's out in a couple of weeks, so that one's pretty much finished at this point. Uh, and I got a bunch of others downloaded I'm going to be checking out here, probably doing some more videos uh, later today. So that's been pretty much it for me. So how about you, Dan Rip? Sounds good. Yeah. Um, last week I talked a lot about Hi-Fi Rush, and I finished it, or at least, you know, rolled the credits. Um, so I don't know how much you've gotten a chance to uh, try out Hi-Fi Rush, but... Um, it's fairly short. Um, it can be beaten in maybe eight hours because there's about like, uh, tw uh, I think around 12 levels. And each of them takes around like either half an hour to an hour. So I guess that, that, that that's really my main complaint about the game is that the levels are rather long. So if you don't have at least an hour to play a game, then I probably wouldn't recommend, you know, you play that one just because you probably won't be able to finish that level. Uh, that being said, like if you do have the time to play, like pretty awesome. The battle system is... Uh, really solid action-based, uh, rhythm-based. And it's a game where it teaches you as you go. So the first level is very much tutorial. And then as you continue, um, it adds different kinds of nuances. So for example, um, you'll come across different characters along the way, and then they'll also double as uh, support. So you can use the right trigger to add them to your combo or whatever you choose to do. So there's one girl who can just um, shoot a bunch of lasers. Uh, there's another big guy who can um, just uh, brawl his way through big shields. And then there's another girl who can uh, put out fires. And while that last one doesn't, you know, cause any damage, uh, 
uh, it's something that allows you to really up your combo count and that'll be critical to like getting better ratings on every uh, section of each level you play. And then, yeah, it's a rhythm game. So the, the, the music and then the, the sound is going to be on point. So that's pretty cool. But one of the reasons why I liked it the most was just because of its overall style. Um, it has this cell shaded comic book look very similar to that of like something like Elite Beat Agents or even Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, where if you pause the game, like it just looks great for a screenshot anytime. So um, I enjoyed doing that. And um, after you beat the game, uh, you're actually encouraged to like, go through the levels again. Uh, so it's not really a, a, a new game plus, but more of just uh, being able to go through these levels again with the new abilities you have, because it has sort of that Metroid um, feel where, you know, there are a, are a bunch of places where you can't um, get to before in the regular game. So now that you have more abilities, you'll be able to find secrets and um, ways to just find new content in each level. So it, so it seems new again. And that's kind of the loop there. So, you know, after you beat it, you just go ahead and play through them again and just uh, it, it'll, it'll feel like a completely new experience. I don't see myself uh, doing all that just because, like, you know, there's a lot of stuff to play. But it's definitely a huge value there uh, on Game Pass. I think it's like $30, $40 without it. And, yeah, it's uh, really cool seeing um, Microsoft and Bethesda Shadow Drop, uh, a game that's uh, this high quality. Um, I'm also playing... Um, Fire Emblem Engage still. Um, as I mentioned last week, I lowered the difficulty and I've gotten a whole lot more done there. Um, and yeah, like there, there really isn't much to say aside from the fact that, you know, they've, they've, they've really focused on the combat. The relationships don't mean so much um, just because uh, your main character is really just part of the story. Uh, you, don't, you don't really have... Um, the opportunity to say much for him. It's really just yeses or nos, and he he's he's really like his own person or she. If he, did, he just had to to go to go that direction, um, but yeah, uh, it's fun. Uh, I'm on like chapter twelve. There's like twenty five in there, but I feel like I'm only a third of the way through just because like the long, the later chapters end up being longer. Um, and then we'll talk about it later. But um, I played a little bit of the uh, uh, the Game Boy in uh, Nintendo Switch Online, and this is sort of the it's sort of a blind spot for me because even though I had a Game Boy Color, I really only had it for Pokemon. Uh, so being able to try out these other games is, is a cool experience. Um, I just started Kirby's Dreamland just for the fun of it, and I'm actually having um, a, a lot of fun with it. Like I don't usually like Kirby games, uh, and this one I don't know I don't know what it is, but like it it just feels like more intuitive than uh, what I would uh, would think of from a, from a Game Boy game. Um, it's cool using the different filters, like using the all green filter or the Game Boy Color filter. So it's been it's been pretty solid so far. I read that it's a it's a really short game, and I've only finished the first level where I killed the tree because in the Kirby games you always kill the damn tree. I feel sorry for that tree, but it is what it is. Um, and then lastly, my uh, my girlfriend picked up Hogwarts Legacy. Uh, this was a game that I've been like, um, you know. Obviously, with all, with, with all the controversy, it's not something that I want to personally spend my money on, and I didn't, so like that sort of helps. But I'm also going to be um, donating to uh, the Trevor Project as well as the um, TLDEF just to you know show that I, I care um, about trans rights and that. So I just wanted to make sure I uh, made that clear. Um, as for the game, uh, it's, it's, it's a bit of a slow burn. Um, obviously, like you're this uh, kid who ends up in Hogwarts as a as a as a fifth year, so that that, that that's actually different. And a, a lot of the story beats uh, go into the past, uh, talking about various wizards and, and 
witches who have also entered in their fifth year and showing the parallels there. So I don't know whether this leads to a to a future of like light darkness, but that's definitely been an interesting thing. Uh, I got sorted into Slytherin house, but I chose Ravenclaw because that's my main house. And um, so far, it's just been like tutorial, you know, learning stuff. Like you're just going through Hogwarts, uh, learning how to use different spells. Um, I, I just went through um, uh, Honey Dukes to uh, try a whole bunch of different stuff. And it's funny because like you can walk around like the store and eat random things, but uh, it's really just there for an animation. You're not actually paying for anything unless like you're actually buying something for your quest or for that. But yeah, I'm only about two to three hours in and not much happened. Um, I did get through like the, the, this sort of dungeon where you're fighting a whole bunch of statues. So it's cool using Akio to bring the enemy to you and then all of a sudden just use your basic wand blast to uh, go ahead and take them out. So yeah, it's, 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 it's been a fun experience so far, but again, I'm, I'm not too far into this to decide whether it's good or bad or not. But so far, I, I, I haven't been bad. That's pretty much it. All right, so let's get to some news here. Uh, we got Game Pass lineup here for the next two weeks. Uh, partially including this week, uh, so this past week here. So let's uh, see here what we got. Uh, EA Play, Men NFL 23 is on there now, so you can check that out uh, on Game Pass Ultimate, or if you have the subscription itself on Xbox, PlayStation, or PC, uh, so you can check that one out. Uh, for console and PC, there's SD Gundam Battle Alliance. Uh, that is an action RPG featuring... Uh, uh, the SD Gundam brand, which I think is the like chibi Gundam looking things. I actually downloaded this on the uh, PC Game Pass because I wanted to see what sort of action RPG it is versus like a Diablo or uh, just a, a more straightforward RPG kind of thing. Uh, so there's that. Uh, you know, starting on the 14th here, Mountain Blade 2 Bannerlord. Uh, this is uh, one of those weird games that's very PC uh, focused. In the way it's been uh, designed, usually uh, it's kind of a—I'd I'd say it's almost like the the early Souls games in a sense, where uh, you are uh, controlling this dude. You can go into fights on a horse or on your own with uh, sometimes with the crews. You're trying to take out a bunch of enemies, though it's not designed anything like a like a Souls game uh, in a sense. But you do have to worry about health and stamina and all that. It does have I don't know if it has per- permadeath or not. It might just be based on how you do your saves, all that kind of stuff. But it's a lot based on like the the Dark Ages kind of thing. Uh, so those are kind of neat games if you can get into them, uh, which there are a lot of people, at least on PC, that have. Uh, the console versions have been uh, pretty decent for what they are. I don't know what this new one does. Uh, let's see, on the 15th, uh, for just the new console, uh, City Skylines Remastered. Yeah, they've done a, a remaster of this game for uh, the new consoles, PS5 and Xbox Series X and S. I think if you already have it, it's free upgrade. Uh, but they're also having that on Game Pass, so you can check that out. Uh, so there you go for that. On the 16th, Shadow Warrior 3 Definitive Edition. Uh, so I guess this is uh, yeah, Shadow Warrior 3 with tons of new features and modes with you know, the gunplay and melee combat and all that. So that's cool. I don't know what the, the definitive edition adds versus what was in the original game, but you can check that out. Uh, on the 21st is Atomic Heart for console and PC. That is the Bioshock-like 
uh, kind of game with uh, a lot of interesting combat and all that from a very kind of Russian style to it. It looks neat. Uh, so yeah, that'll be out yeah, the week after next, next Tuesday, yeah, the 21st. So that'll be available to check out. Uh, it seems like also for EA Play, Wild Hearts will have an early access trial on the 13th. That'll be Monday, so that'll be neat to check that out. I'll probably stream that to see what that has to it. And yeah, I'm looking if there's anything else here. Uh, they're actually talking about Xbox Game Pass Quest. Which they added one for this week for doing four online games in Madden, which I'm like, that seems like a bad time because not everybody's going to like Madden enough to do that. And it's just going to create annoying online games for people. So, yeah, there you go for that. But, yeah, that's Game Pass. Some neat stuff there. Yep. Uh, nothing too amazing there. Yeah. Um, Atomic Heart has been on my uh, radar for a while, but um, I don't know what to fix out of that game, but it's good on Game Pass. So I'll try it out. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's see. Yeah, the I mentioned that PSVR 2 is out in uh, just over a week or so. It's about 10 days as of recording here. Uh, so that is cool. They have done an unboxing video. I think the they have like different stages of embargoes for people that have them already uh, to do like unboxing videos right now. I think gameplay or whatever stuff is coming up later this week. But yeah, they are. Uh, Sony did their own unboxing. That's a pretty cool one. They have the, uh, I forget what her role is. I think she's like product lead for PlayStation VR 2, but she is running you through, you know, how to how the box and all that works. Because the, the neat thing is it has sort of the the flimsy outer box, but the uh, the box that the, the unit comes in is also a storage box as well. They designed it to be reusable. So if you need an easy way to, you know, box it back up when you need to, uh, the, the box is designed to be reusable like that. So that is cool. Yeah, they show like the the pretty minimal amount of stuff that's in there. Obviously, the headset has just one uh, USB C cord that goes into it. It's the the two sense controllers. There's like a headphones thing if you need that, as well as a a charging cable for the the controllers and like some earbud uh, things, as well as the the manual. So pretty simple, especially cons- uh, compared to the original. Uh, that kind of stuff. But yeah, she shows like all the 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 different buttons and such on the, the headsets, the the little knob on the back for tightening it up that you twist and the, the buttons for, you know, pulling the the thing out. There's there's like a dial for adjusting the lenses, uh, you know, moving them in or out to fit whatever eye uh the way your eyes work, that kind of stuff. The microphone, power button, all this kind of stuff in there that uh looks pretty neat and even talking about how the the straps are already on the sense controllers and the and instead of requiring you to like handle them in a specific way, they're designed so that you just kind of pull back uh, away from the controller with it on to tighten it, uh, that kind of thing. So it makes it pretty simple to kind of do all that. So yeah, it looks pretty neat. Uh, look forward to getting one of those. They just sent out emails today to remind people like, hey, this is going to be coming out uh, we'll be charging you in a few days so make sure you got your payment information and all that settled uh just like hey amazon this is what you're supposed to do when people are making big pre-order purchases 
Uh, so yeah, there you go. Need a little video, like eight or nine minutes, not too long. Cool. Uh, we got a couple games coming out here pretty soon, or in, not soon, but in a couple of months here. Uh, the last case of Benedict Fox, I talked about that before with the demo. Uh, that'll be out April 27th, so not too far away. Uh, yeah, just for Xbox and PC, as well as Game Pass uh, for console and PC, so you can check that out. Uh, for Yeah. Is that demo still available? or? Yeah, until to like tomorrow-ish, I think. Okay. Uh, on Steam, so I didn't see if there were any on Xbox's side for that. I don't think they were advertising any of that, so I don't think it's going to be on there. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, that one works out pretty well. Uh, there's Darkest Dungeon Two hits May eighth. Uh, that has a demo. That'll be one of the ones I'm checking out, but. It'll be leaving early access and hitting 1.0 just for PC. There's no console versions announced just yet, uh, but I believe they probably will put those out on consoles at some point since it's since the first one's been out on PlayStation, Switch, and Xbox, and all that. So uh, that is a uh, those are solid games uh, for people that like turn-based RPGs uh, about depression and mental health issues and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so there you go for that. And yeah, let's get to a new game. Yokotaro has a new game uh, that he's working on with Sega. It's called 404 Game Reset. And there's a a colon in between re and set. Uh, this seems like a very meta game. Uh, it's essentially, let's see, the description of the game. Video games turned everything upside down. This is a world by Sega for Sega. From infrastructure to entertainment, Sega reigns supreme in all areas. The player lives in this world one day, encounters a mysterious being called X who says the world you live in is not as it should be. Player learned that this world has been warped by Sega, must throw themselves into a battle with Sega in order to restore the world to its true form. And so it seems like they've created a bunch of characters, you know, inspired by various Sega classics that they mention here. Some that are inspired by Outrun after, after Burner, Virtua Fighter, and Virtua Cop. Uh, as well as, uh, yeah, that's a a weird idea, but definitely in Yoko Taro's kind of uh, uh, wheelhouse of just making weird meta games. Uh, so yeah, it's a mobile game as well. So uh, yeah. I guess it's like, um, the article itself doesn't say much, but like you know, looking at the uh, banner as well as like just a little bit of what it says, it just comes off to me as uh, one of those um, gotcha games where you try to get as many of the uh, Sega Girls as possible. And, you know, just based on uh, Nier and a lot of the other games that Yoko Taro has been involved in, especially in the mobile front, um, yeah, it doesn't seem like anything that's really going to take off here or even be released here, but um, who knows? But yeah, he's a strange man, that guy. Yeah, uh, especially because they show him in the little showcase video at the bottom that he's got the mask on. Still, so even the the near mask he's wearing in a Sega video, yeah. So that's uh, that's cool. But yeah, it's supposed to be out sometime this year in Japan. No idea if it's going to hit anywhere else. Uh, but yeah, if you're in Japan, you can pre-register for that to check it out. That seems uh, like a neat thing. There's been not too much of these kind of games, but there's definitely that. Uh, I forget the Idea Factory series. I forget what it's called, uh, where it's like bunch of anime girls that are based on the consoles and such uh that whole thing so that's 
seems like a similar idea there for that. So yeah, there you go. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Nintendo has put out numbers for the Switch sales, worldwide sales, and has put it over 122 million units sold, uh, which makes it the third best-selling console of all time, uh, surpassing the PS4 and... I forget what else. The, uh, maybe the GBA, I think, has also been passed recently. Uh, so, yeah, the PS2 and the DS are the only ones above it, and those are another 30 million units ahead of it. So that may end up happening at some point or may not. Who knows, but they still got a ways to go for that, uh, especially at the rate they're going, uh, at least a few more years. Uh, but yeah, they mentioned like their best-selling games. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is still the best-selling at 52 million. Animal Crossing's at 41. Smash Brothers at 30. Breath of the Wild's at 29. Pokemon Sword and Shield are 25.6. Uh, Super Mario Odyssey's 25.1. Yeah, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet are already at number 7 at 20.6. Super Mario Party's at 19. Ring Fit Adventures at 15, and Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee is at uh, 15.1. So yeah, there you go for that stuff. Uh, So neat. They're still under 1 billion uh, games sold on the Switch. With I think the PS2 is far above it on that. That's like like 1.5 billion, something like that. Yeah. I mean, it's it's absolutely insane that Nintendo has seven games in their top ten that have sold over 20 million units. Um, not to mention, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet uh, have been out since November, and they've already reached that 20 million mark. That is absolutely nuts. Especially considering all of the complaints that people have had online, both professionally and, you know, from the fans, that it's a janky-ass game. But that's the power of Pokemon. It's the power of Nintendo. It's, it's, it's just really, you know... I don't know if it's really like great to mention that the game is buggy and it's still being it's still able to sell this well, but you know I, I just want to highlight the fact that it's absolutely insane. All of Nintendo's top ten have to at least reach fifteen million in order to be considered. That's 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 bonkers. Yep. Yeah. So uh, we also got some other Nintendo news that they have announced a ten percent pay raise for developers. Uh, I don't know if this is worldwide or just in Japan. Uh, because I believe this is also part of a uh, a thing that the Japanese government has asked uh, companies to do in Japan to help with the inflation uh, that is going on to over there. And so like Capcom has instituted an average across-the-board raise of 30% last year. Bandai Namco increased monthly pay uh, as well by an average of $435 per employee. So... It's definitely something a number of publishers over there are doing. Uh, so, yeah, but the the weird thing is that the before the Direct, the day before the Direct, uh, the eShop page for uh, The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom came out and showed that it was at $69.99, and people are like, tying these two things together, which is not how that works. They're not raising the price of games to pay for employee raises. Uh, the raises are for employee retention, not... Uh, so they can raise the price of games. Uh, the price of the game is for their stock, their their own income and all that. Um, the pay of their employees is a wholly separate thing. So, yeah, good to see they're paying people better. Uh, the game industry 
as a whole generally doesn't pay people as well as they should nope. at times for the people on the lower end of the, the totem pole. Uh, so this is good for them. Uh, but yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, let's start getting to the, the two big events of the week. Uh, the PlayStation Indie Spotlight happened, which is they just announced a few things over the course of an afternoon. Uh, the big one is Pixel Junk Scrappers Deluxe is coming to the PS5 and PS4. And they also announced a Switch version as well alongside this news. So that'll be uh, coming to those platforms plus PC uh, sometime later this year. And that is the game that was exclusive to Apple Arcade initially, and now is coming to other platforms once that exclusivity deal is over. And so that's like a, a co-op, uh, like beat 'em up action game where you're a bunch of robots collecting garbage uh, and fighting a bunch of enemies and such to uh, get the most garbage, I guess. <laughs> so very nice, uh, weird game from them, as you expect. Uh, so yeah, that'll be out uh, sometime this year. We're going to see more people be able to play that. Uh, they also announced that Eternites, uh, the weird dating sim action game, uh, is going to be coming out sometime this summer. Like it may have had it a spring-ish release date when it was announced last year, uh, but they seem to be clarifying. And also announced a bunch of uh, details for, as far as like how things have improved in the game since they announced it last year all that kind of stuff. So if you want to learn a little more of what uh, they've been doing with that game, uh, there you go for that. Uh, yeah, that'll be PS5, PS4, and PC sometime this summer. So go for that. And then they put out a gameplay trailer for Animal Well with some more details on that if you want to see more of that game, uh, as well as put out a gameplay trailer for Pacific Drive, uh, which is the the weird like post-apocalypse uh, first-person driving survival game. Uh, we're driving around in the cars. Weird shit's going on in this forest. And they kind of go into depth in the, the combat and how uh, the game works and all that kind of stuff. And it looks really neat from the trailer they showed. So that one's also worth uh, checking out. Uh, and that'll be, I think, just PlayStation and PC for its... Yeah, PS5 and PC. Uh, so there you go for that stuff. Some neat stuff there. And... Uh, yeah, we'll get to the Nintendo Direct here. I kind of move through this because there's a lot of stuff here. Uh, some of it's already been talked about before, but we'll talk about stuff here. But uh, they started with Pikmin 4, announcing that it'll be out July 21st and show a little more of the game. Uh, and mostly kind of showed the one of the big new things is that there's a, a weird demonic dog thing that Olimar and uh, whatever can can go around with to help them fight enemies and all that. Uh, so that's neat looking. Yeah, the dog's called o Ochi. So there you go. Uh, yeah, that looks neat. Yep. That'll be out this summer. Yeah. Uh, when they first announced it, all they showed was a logo and a little bit of a pan out. And um, yeah, I think was a, this was a great way to start the presentation. It looks really clean. Uh, the dog looks really cool. Uh, the ice pigmen look like they... Add another layer. Yeah, I'm really excited for this one. Yeah. Uh, let's see. They announced uh, the Wave 3 of Xenoblade Chronicle 3's DLC pass, uh, which seems like it's adding a challenge battle mode, uh, a new hero character, and accompanying quests, and new character outfits uh, for the people that are playing that. And then they also 
showed off a little bit of Wave 4, which will be out sometime by the end of the year. Uh, that is like a new story scenario thing. So more of that coming to uh, the game for people that have gotten the expansion pass. So that's cool. Uh, then they had one of the the first big surprises. I think has been like rumored for a bit that uh, Samba de Amigo Party Central was announced for the Switch coming out this summer. Uh, and yeah, thirty nine ninety nine for that game. Uh, but yeah, a lot of the the same kind of things you would expect out of the out of that series. You're using the Joy Cons to uh, control these maracas on the screen to you know do the various moves to the beat. Uh, it seems like I have 40 songs, probably have DLC as well, uh, covering a variety of genres. And you can also do online play, all that kind of stuff. So that's kind of neat. Uh, but yeah, there you go for somebody Amigo returning. And then, yeah, what they show up next, Fashion Dreamer. Uh, this is essentially a spiritual successor to the Style Savvy series. Uh, it's from the same developers, Sin Sophia. Uh, it's a very similar kind of idea of you controlling a character who's like a fashion influencer, uh, going around, talking to people, I guess, uh, collecting new outfits and such you want to make. Uh, yeah, sending likes to get new items, yeah, building your brand with custom items you're making, uh, and you go online to interact with other people around the world. So there you go, a nice little weird fashion game for people that want that. Yeah, it'll be out 2023. No real date for it just yet, uh, but that is going to be a Switch exclusive. Then we got Dead Cells Return to Castlevania DLC. Uh, that'll be hitting uh, March 6th for everything. Uh, PS4, Switch, Xbox One, and PC. And you should be able to pre-order most places uh, for that stuff. But yeah, they showed off sort of more what you would expect out of this Castlevania DLC, which is, you know, you get a lot of the a lot of music from those games sort of being uh, redone for this game. A lot of items, all that kind of stuff uh, coming to it. Even the the floppy uh, whip from Ca- Super Castlevania 4 will be coming to the game. Uh, so that's cool. Uh, let's see. They're going to have a bundle with Dead Cells and the Return to Castlevania DLC for $29 or $22.99. Another, including the base game and all DLC, will be out for $31.99. I assume this DLC will probably be like six or seven bucks, something like that. Those are that's generally what they've priced all their other content DLC to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it'll be pretty reasonable for what you get there. Uh, so that's cool. People would check that out pretty soon. Uh, and then we got Tron Identity. Uh, this is the the new game from Mike Bithell's studio. Uh, it's a visual novel with some uh, decision making and puzzle solving stuff in it. Uh, set in the Tron universe, so that's cool. Uh, they showed off a good bit of that uh, in the in the direct. Yeah, I think it's its own story stuff, so that's cool. And that is a launch exclusive for the Switch. Uh, and that'll be Switch and PC in April. And then we got another big surprise: Ghost Trick Phantom Detective. Capcom is doing a remaster of the one of their classic DS games, uh, Ghost Trick. Uh, was so the, the game was a remaster? Yeah, it is the original game being remastered for uh, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. So Xbox people finally get one of these uh, versus some of the uh, Phoenix Wright stuff. Like they got one of the collections, not the other one. 
I forget what it was. Uh, but yeah, that'll be cool. It's a it's an adventure game, but uh, you are playing you know a phantom detective that has sort of died, but is able in a spirit form to like interact with objects to get uh, the people in the scene to uh, like deal with it and try and solve puzzles for how they you know do things in there. It's a it's a really kind of novel concept. Uh, unfortunately, has been stuck on the DS all these years. I think there was an iOS version, like mobile version at some point. Uh, this will get it out to more people. As uh, Yeah, that'll be cool to see. Yeah, I actually missed that on Ghost Trick uh, when, it out, when it was out on DS. and uh, Or was it Game Boy Advance or DS? I, I forget. DS. It's uh, definitely something that's been on my radar for a while. I just never got a chance to get back to it. So I'm looking forward to uh, trying this out on something else. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a very fun... Uh, game there so that'll be cool to see for more people to check it out and then yeah we got deca police which was the first of level five's grand return to making uh, normal games uh, versus just being kind of stuck making mobile games for the past several years uh, where they kind of abandoned a lot of the a lot of the console and handheld stuff they've been doing for a long time Uh, so this one's a crime suspense rpg uh, Deca Police coming to PS5, PS4, and Switch sometime later this year uh, worldwide. Uh, so that's cool. Yeah, the main character is a rookie detective named Harvard who hunts down criminals in a huge open world crime-ridden city, traveling back and forth between physical and virtual reality. Uh, so that's cool. Uh, yeah, the trailer looks pretty neat. Uh, and you can tell it's uh, sort of American-style cops because they're shooting a lot of people. Uh, so there you go. Uh, then they showed us Splatoon 3's expansion pass, as I don't think this was a, a thing you could get before now, but uh, yeah, basically Wave 1 seems like it just has Inkopolis, which is the the like lobby area from the first two games, uh, or from the first game, yeah, the original Splatoon. Uh, so a lot of those same shops, characters, and such, the Squid Sisters are hanging out there and will perform during Splatfest. Uh, so you can either hang out in the one that's in Splatoon 3 or uh, go to Inkopolis. They said it's all the same content. It's just a matter of which one you prefer. And then, yeah, the second wave is going to be a new single-player campaign called Side Order. That's uh, from the teaser they showed. At least has like an interesting look to it. Uh, they didn't really show too much story-wise or anything like that. Uh, so that seems neat. But yeah, the the first way of being just like a, a different like shopping town uh, seems like a little thin for content here, especially because I'm guessing they're making the maps free for everybody that they're going to be adding to the game at some point. So yeah, there you go. And yeah, the you also get a a content pack that contains bonus in-game items after purchasing the expansion pack. So I imagine just some some you know extra guns or something, outfit stuff maybe. But yeah, there you go. That's out now. I assume it's twenty bucks for the for the expansion pass. And then we got yeah, Disney Illusion World or Illusion Island, uh coming out July twenty eighth. This is the very Rayman Legends style uh you know platformer, co op plat- platformer uh platformer thing with the the main crew of the the more recent Mickey Mouse shorts, uh, with Mickey, Minnie, Donald and Goofy. Uh, kind of thing looks really neat. Uh, it'll be forty bucks. 
Yeah, they almost kind of hinted some like Metroid-like progression, almost that you can unlock abilities that let you get through more of the stages. I guess uh, so. That's kind of neat. I'll give a little bit more extra replay value. Uh, yeah, looks really neat. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'll have like people to play this with, but like every trailer they've shown so far is definitely. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, there you go for that one. Then they showed off the uh, new content for the Fire Fire Emblem Engage expansion pass uh, for Wave Two, which seems like it just adds more emblems. Uh, so a handful of more characters that you can use in your your crew. Wave three, uh, yeah, wave two is out now. Wave three that's coming at some point will also include more emblems, uh, including Crom and Robin uh, from Awakening, and uh, I think with the Fates there, uh, and Veronica, as well as add some additional missions to recruit these emblems uh, for that. And wave four is supposed to be a new story. Uh, expansion, so they call Fell Xenolog. Mm-hmm. Uh, not sure what that reference is, but I assume that's some sort of area or something in the game. Uh, but that'll be out sometime, probably later this year. So yeah, there you go. More expansion pass stuff for that game. And let's see, then we got uh, another original game, Harmony, The Fall of Reverie. This is the new Don't Nod game. I guess the one that they probably were teasing a while back. Uh, though it has a very different look from any of their previous games uh, because it is all sort of animated style, uh, almost kind of a hand-animated look, though I assume it's probably not hand-animated, but it looks more in a visual novel style of game. Uh, This is coming to PS5, Xbox Series X and S, Switch, and PC. It'll be a console launch exclusive on the Switch for June. Uh, So that's neat looking. Uh, kind of a bit of a surprise to come out of them for this kind of game versus making the, the, the usual kind of game they've been making. Yeah, I mean, Don't Not has really shown a lot of uh, variety with their kinds of games aside from Life is Strange. I mean, yeah, you've had uh, Tell Me Why, but when you look at games like Vampire and like a bunch of other stuff, it's um, not too out of the ordinary. And like, this is still somewhat in their wheelhouse if it's, if it's mostly about. Yeah. But yeah, there you go. I'm looking forward to seeing more of that, how that goes. It looks like it's a. Uh... Gonna be a bit more trippy in the way it looks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we got Octopath Traveler 2 showing off a little more of that game. Mostly to announce that there's a prologue demo that is now available uh, for PS5, PS4, Switch, and PC. So you can check it out uh, and play the first three hours of the game about and transfer that over to the main game when you get it. I believe there's supposed to be a bonus if you complete it as well. I don't know if you just pick one of the characters and play through it. Then you don't have to do that in the, the full game. But yeah, that game will be out like the 24th. So that's still less than two weeks away. Uh, so there you go. I've seen people saying that it looks really good on uh, PC and PlayStation. So uh, you'll get a nice little bump up in graphical quality there. Nice. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Bandai Namco showed up and said we have We Love Katamari that they are remastering uh, for everything. This one's not a Switch exclusive this time. Uh, we love Katamari Reroll plus Ro- Royal Reverie. Uh, announced for yeah PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. That'll be out June 2nd. Uh, June 2nd? I have June 22nd might be 
typo on my end, June 2nd. Uh, that'll have the the second game in the series, which is still very good, uh, following up very much a lot of the good stuff that Katamari Damacy did well. Uh, I believe it'll have some bonus stuff. Yeah, the five new challenges, starring a young king of all cosmos. I don't know what the heck that's about, but there's that. It'll also have a selfie mode for photos and all that stuff. Uh, so that's cool. Yeah, the, they also have an eternal mode for those that want to play with no time limit. So if you just want to roll up everything in a stage, you can do that. And it looks like they also have some quality of life stuff so you can pick whatever musical track you want to play uh, whenever. Uh, let's see, uh, better locate locate target objects. I have navigational indicators, that kind of stuff. Uh, easily find stages that want to play with the find a fan shortcut. Yeah, that's right, because you go back to the planets every time between missions, and you have to find people. And so if you're just looking for a specific stage, it may be hard to real remember which person has which stage, that kind of thing. So yeah, it looks like they're doing a good job improving that game. Yep. I hope this does well, and they kind of keep going, because there's still a few more games that are worth checking out. The The PSP game was pretty cool. It was sort of a, a best of for the, the previous games. Uh, but being on a PSP, it didn't control super well. Uh, but yeah, that was cool. Then they had Sea of Stars. We got to see a little more of that. It'll be out August 29th. And a demo's out now for the Switch. Uh, the uh, the demo's also going to be coming to, I think, PlayStation and PC sometime later this year. So there's uh, it's exclusivity, or they just haven't made the demo for the, for the platforms yet. But uh, you can check that out if you want to see that in action. So there you go. Yeah. I just downloaded that one and the Octopath one, but I haven't loaded them up. I don't know if you mentioned it before, but, but with the Octopath one, it's actually a time demo. It's only going to be able to look at like three hours. Okay. So you're going to be encouraged to skip all the dialogue. <laughs> not, not really read anything, skip cutscenes or anything. I mean, I think it's one of those good demos where you actually save all your, all, all your progress. So at least uh, I don't have to be worse in that regard. But Yeah. But yeah, there you go. Uh, let's see. Omega Strikers. Uh, which is a 3v3 free-to-play uh, like soccer game uh, coming from Odyssey Interactive. It'll be out April 27th. Uh, that's Switch, PC, and mobile uh, for that for the time being. Uh, looks pretty nice from the little bit they showed. Uh, you know, have cross-platform multiplayer, so and cross-progression uh, cross as well, so you don't have to pick one platform and stick to it. Uh, so that could be cool. More people trying to do Rocket League in a different way. See if they can do it well. So we'll have to see. And next up comes uh, a big announcement. Etrian Odyssey Origins Collection was announced for the Switch and PC coming June 1st. Uh, it has the first three Etrian Odyssey games uh, all redone in HD with improvements and such. I think they have uh, the ability to have it auto map so you don't have to do it yourself, but you can if you want. Uh, full mouse port and functionality for PC version, remastered graphics, uh, yeah, remastered soundtrack, and quality of life improvements, including difficulty options and save slots and all that kind of stuff. Uh, all that's pretty cool. Uh, the part where they kind of go crazy with this is that each game you can buy separately. And they're $40 each. Uh, the entire collection is $80. So it's 
a very expensive collection to get. So it's Atlas and Sega. So it'll go on sale. Um, and yeah, this seems to be priced in mind with the the aftermarket prices, which are pretty expensive for these games. If you want uh, physical versions of the DS games, um, they seem to be taking advantage of the Etrian Odyssey fandom. We'll pay prices for this stuff. Versus, you know, the same company put out Persona 3 and Persona 4 for $20, $20 each. So you can get two of those those two games for the price of any of these individual Etrian Odyssey games. <laughs> so it's like the pricing is just kind of wild for this thing. It only makes sense in the the way that the, they've charged for that. Or the way the the aftermarket stuff is for those games. Yeah. They're not they're not my cup of tea, uh, primarily because I hate the whole like maze thing. Uh, but aside from that, people that uh, enjoy Etrian Odyssey uh, love those first three games. So uh, if you want to try that out, sounds like a good recommendation. Yeah, uh, I would wait for them to put out the Persona Q games out there because those are cool games. And you can see Teddy in all of his horn dog mode in the first one. Mm-hmm. That his entire character there is just hitting on every single girl that shows up. Sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, but then we got another nice little surprise that Advance Wars 1 Plus 2 Reboot Camp is finally coming out. Uh, despite the, the war in Ukraine not being over, they are just giving up and putting it out on April 21st. Uh, 60 bucks for that. Uh, so a bit pricey, but... Uh, those are cool games. Definitely worth checking out. Uh, especially if you want games that are not in the uh, extreme waifu category that the Fire Emblem games are at these days. Uh, these games <laughs> are just all about the strategy. Dying either, so there's that. I mean, you'll fail missions and have to start over again, but that's that's kind of the game there. Uh, but yeah, there you go for that. And then we got... Uh, a quick update for Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe uh, that the demo's out now on the eShop. Uh, the game will be out February 24th, so you know that's still also less than two weeks away, much like uh, the Octopath Traveler that's out at the same time. So both games basically did the same thing, put out a demo now, and hope you'll buy it in two weeks or within the next two weeks. Uh, but yeah, they also showed off like the, the Mega... Megalore epilogue stuff that's like some extra content that shows up at the end of the game after you beat it. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, after all, this game is pretty much a port of like what I think was a Wii game. I, I, I don't remember. Um, yeah. But, you know, uh, another Kirby after Forgotten Land uh, happening so soon is a tough sell, but it's good that they're putting some extra content out here. And um, yeah, the Switch is uh, quite the place to play Kirby. So Yeah, so there you go. And then we got the the big one, the big announcements here that they are bringing uh, the Game Boy and Game Boy Color games to Nintendo Switch Online and Game Boy Advance games to Nintendo Switch Online Plus Expansion Pack. Uh, the Game Boy uh, part of it includes, let's see, nine games. Uh, there's Alone in the Dark, The New Nightmare, which is a weird choice. Uh, that is a 2001 Game Boy game, a system that came out in 19... 88 or 89, I forget which one. Uh, so I played, uh, I did a stream playing all of these games. That one is weird because it's like a, like a, you know, a, a survival horror kind of game. 
uh, though the the bit I played didn't ha- really have anything scary to it. Also, it's it's a PS uh, PS2 PC Dreamcast game that was downported, so it does not look very good most of the time. Like your your character Edward Carnby uh, kind of just looks like a, a a dark shape when they're walking around the environment. And the face has very little detail or anything like that, uh, so it's a lot of just uh, you know bitmap background that your character is wandering around on, uh, kind of thing. And when you get to combat, it just goes out to a separate area entirely where you're just kind of shooting at uh, spiders and such that show up. It's not very scary at all, but yeah, you're just kind of wandering around getting keys or an item that you need to get to the next thing. And this continues to be uh, an issue I have with the service is that you don't get a manual with these games to tell you how to play them. Yeah. And so I used a, a potion I didn't need to because I didn't understand how the UI worked. Because mm-hmm. uh, you have like a walkie-talkie used to talk to a person as you're going, and I didn't realize that the icon in the, the corner of the screen means I have the thing equipped, so I used a potion because I didn't realize how the UI... And it's like, that's a problem with a lot of games on Nintendo Switch Online. Uh, if they don't explain themselves well, which Game Boy games would not explain themselves because those are from you know the 80s and 90s when games didn't do that. It was the manual that told you how to play those games. Uh, yeah, Alone in the Dark. There's Game & Watch Gallery 3, which is just a collection of Game & Watch games. Pretty simple stuff. I think it has some unlockables, but again, there's no manual, so I don't understand that. I didn't want to Google it at that point to find out if there was anything to unlock. Uh, there's Gargoyle's Quest, which is a spinoff of the Ghouls & Ghosts games. You play as a gargoyle, and it kind of is an RPG in that you're going around. There's like random battles you get into, which just pops you into like Zelda 2-style side stages, you know, when you ran into an enemy in that overworld, popped you into a side-scrolling stage, that kind of thing. Uh, but it was, like, the same one every time until I got to, uh, far enough in that it was like, well, now these guys have shields, so it takes two hits to kill them. Uh, that kind of thing. So that one's that one's neat, but also you, you need to use aggressive use of your rewind or your save states, because it's very tough to get how that game works. Uh, there's Kirby's Dream Land, which you talk about, which is a very easy, simple platformer. It doesn't even have the 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 morphing ability to take on abilities. Uh, and also you can just hit up the whole time and just fly over the stage if you want to beat that game real quick. Uh, just do that to get around every stage because you don't get anything out of beating enemies, just score and maybe health. Uh, but yeah, it's a fairly simple game, the first Kirby game. That's why it's so simple. Uh, they, those are Game Boy games, and they said, let's make it on the NES in 1993. And then, you know, there were very late games on a lot of these platforms uh, until the the Wii was fairly late, but they still hit Kirby's Epic Yarn, and then Dream or whatever, the, the game they're remaking, uh, Return to Dreamland, that kind of thing, so yeah, that game's neat. If you want a simple game to play and beat, that's the easiest one here to beat. Yeah. Uh, I just legend. Uh, how long it's to beat. That game takes 45 minutes. I am down. Let's do it. Yeah, it's probably if you play it like it wants you to. If you just yeah. fly over everything, you'd probably beat it in like 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> uh, especially if you can rewind uh, on any boss fights. Uh, there's Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening DX, which is a cool game. Uh, there's also the Switch remake that they did uh, that might be a bit better on the uh, the quality of life stuff. Although that version also doesn't run super well, so 
that's a game that's very much of its time. So if you're not super great at the 2D Zeldas, this one won't change your mind. Uh, there's Metroid 2 Return to Samus, which is uh, very much Metroid, but pared down a bit. Uh, you know, in Metroid games, there's a save room. Uh, they're not save rooms here. They're just a pillar with a thing on it that looks weird. And you jump <laughs> on it, it's like, hey, you want to save? And I'm like, what? Yeah. It's just hanging out in the room. It's not even a room. It's just like, you just walk along, and it's this weird yeah. thing on a pole. You like, just stand on a pole. It's just what? I guess is what you had to do on a Game Boy. Uh, Samus' character model is pretty huge. Uh, I did like playing a lot of these games with the, the Game Boy Color thing on because I don't think oh, okay. a lot of them have the, the filter yeah. for it, but it sort of figures it out. Uh, so that one looks looks weird. But uh, like the, the 3DS, they made a remake of this game. Uh, so that's just a lot of like killing a bunch of Metroids because you can. Uh, Super Mario Land 2, Six Golden Coins, which plays like a Mario game. It's also a weird one, uh, still. Uh, I'm looking forward to when they put the first game on because that game does not play or look like a Mario game. It looks like if you had a TI-83 graphing calculator in school, that's the graphical quality of that game. I was wondering why they skipped it. Because it looks bad compared to this one. That's why they didn't do it the first time around. Uh, so yeah, but this one has you know a lot of the same abilities. It's made after World, so it has a lot of style stuff and abilities that come from that. Uh, so there you go for that. They have Tetris. Uh, it's Tetris. It's, it's one Tetris. of the first big Tetris versions out there. It uh, has so a dope song. That's about it. Yeah, it's really fun to play. Uh, it's one of four major good Tetris games on the Switch. There's that, there's Puyo Puyo Tetris, there's Tetris 99, there's Tetris Effect. So you got four completely different ways of playing Tetris on this one system. Uh, that one's cool to play. It's just all high score. You're not really... Uh, though they do mention that you can play System Link over online or local play. Uh, so if you want to do that. Uh, and then there's Warrior Land 3, uh, which is a really cool game. So the third Super Mario Land game is Warrior Land 1. I forget what the title is, but it's it links both of them. And that's where Wario gets introduced, essentially. Or he might have got introduced in some random stupid game, but that's essentially where him as a character gets introduced, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's kind of a, a Metroid-like a little bit, uh, where you're going around these different areas. You can kind of just go back into stages and all that kind of stuff. It's still stages, but not necessarily like a big open world to look at, but it's a lot of fun platforming weirdness. Uh, you're like kind of want to get hit by enemies because they do weird things to your body that lets you get into different areas. Sometimes like I let this one dude hit me and uh, Wario turns into like a spring and he's able to jump much higher than he does mm-hmm. elsewhere kind of thing. So it's a lot of that kind of stuff. Uh, it's very unique for its time so much. So I think there's a steam game that's doing pretty well. An indie game called it's like pizza something. I forget. Uh, but it's supposed to be hearkening back to the uh, the uh, uh, the Warrior Land style of platformer that nobody really does. So there you go. That's uh, that's the the launch list. Some pretty good stuff there for people to check out. Uh, and then they said for post-launch stuff, there's Kirby Tilt and Tumble. Which I assume we'll use the the gyro on the Switch to control that. That was the game that required a big game pack on it to add that functionality to it. Uh, there's Legend of Zelda Oracle of Ages and Seasons will be coming as well. 
than Pokemon trading card game. Uh, so now you can get into the Pokemon trading card stuff on the Switch uh, in a much more primitive fashion than like, like the, the PC app for that thing. Uh, so yeah, there you go. Game Boy stuff. Some pretty solid choices. Uh, still has issues with the ability for you to learn how to play the games uh, for the ones that are more esoteric. Uh, for Game Boy Advance, uh, this requires you to have the expansion pack. Uh, the launch lineup is only six titles. Here's Kuru Kuru Kuruin, which was a launch title for this Game Boy Advance, uh, which is a follow-up to a game on the PS1 called Irritating Stick. It's essentially this like platform that is spinning around as you're trying to get it through a stage and you can't hit the edges. It's not yeah. a, a super hard concept, but it's a very weird game. I don't think Kuru Kuru Kuruin actually made it to the United States. So this is actually a... Maybe. I want to say it did. Because I remember seeing it like in a whole bunch of preview content, but I've never actually like seen it. I don't know. Could yeah, it might wrong. not have been... Okay, it made it to PAL regions. There you go. Okay. This is definitely a game I would have uh, downloaded a ROM for when I'm trying it out. Yeah. Uh, for that, but yeah, it's very much that kind of thing of a, a weird stick that moves, that rotates, and you try to get through stages. Increasingly annoying. <laughs> yeah, who made this game? I Aiding. That. Aiding, who made a bunch of fighting games. So... Yeah, shmups and fighting games and all that. So yeah, there you go. There's uh, The Legend of Zelda The Minish Cap, which was one of the first Zelda games post-Wind Waker to use that style. Yep. Uh, and then they started using that a lot for its mobile games, its handheld games. So there you go. You get to... That's a lot of shrinking and uh, growing uh, with Link, uh, dealing with all that kind of stuff for the puzzles. Then he added Mario, Mario & Luigi Superstar Saga. Uh, which is a really good one of those. Yeah, uh, Mario, Mario RPG game. was actually my very first Mario RPG. So I uh, had a lot of fun with that. It's one of the most hilarious games I've ever played. Definitely an awesome ad for the Switch there. Yeah, then Mario Kart Super Circuit. So if you want to see one of the lesser Mario Karts. One of the hard uh, ones. Yeah. Because it was uh, trying to make a more complex like uh, Super Mario Kart, essentially, in the style. And all that, yeah. but this came out after uh, Mario Kart 64, so it's like they tried to combine the two, but they couldn't quite do it without an analog stick, and that was the problem. Yeah, and also playing multiplayer with that was annoying because you had to yeah. link up with people mm-hmm. versus the the fancy Wi-Fi stuff they figured out for the DS. Yep. Uh, so yeah, there you go. Uh, I have that on the 3DS from the Ambassador program. Uh, <laughs> they announced, yeah, they announced Super Mario Brothers Advance Four, Super Mario Brothers Three. Uh, which is basically Super Mario Brothers 3 with some extra stuff in it. I don't know if they added the e-reader stuff to it, or if that's something that's just not playable in there, but it's it another might... way of playing Super Mario Brothers 3. Yeah. Um, Super Mario Brothers 3 is also available on the um, NES and uh, Super Nintendo through Mario All-Stars. So you yeah. now have three different ways to play Super Mario Brothers 3 on the Switch. Yeah, all that look uh, a little bit different. Yeah. Uh, they'll eventually add the other ones. What were the... S- the stupid thing they did is that they made all of these numbered different. Yeah. Because um, four is three. I think the... F- yeah, the first one was two. The second one was Yoshi's... No, no, no. It was. I think it was Super Nintendo or Super Mario World. Maybe. Yeah, they, 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 these were numbered. Uh, and uh, Yeah, they launched a system with Super Mario Brothers 2, which nobody yeah. would do in this age. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, there's Super Mario Advance, which is two in the classic arcade Mario Brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. Trying to navigate. This is not super. Okay, there it is. Super Mario Brothers or Super Mario World is Super Mario Advance 2. Yeah. Uh, then Yoshi's Island, Super Mario Advance 3. Then and Super then Mario Advance 4, Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers 3. Yep. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah, the Yoshi's Island had six new levels. And Yoshi's Story sound effects. That's a weird thing to do. Uh, Super Mario Advance 2 seems to be pretty straightforward. And yeah, Super Mario Advance had uh, the the Super Mario Brothers, or Mario Brothers in it, which was a multiplayer thing you could link up with other people to play. But yeah, Mario Brothers 3 had e-reader stuff added to it, so it had some extra what, instant power-ups, uh, some extra levels, I think, like that. It was weird. It was sort of like the the Animal Crossing cards of like things that didn't really need to exist, but they could do it. So why not? So yeah, there's that. And the last one is WarioWare, uh, which is a classic game. That's probably the best game on this entire list. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's your list. It's pretty limited for the game that had, for the system that had way more games than the Game Boy. Uh, or way more quality games, I would say. Um, for for post launch, they have F Zero Maximum Velocity, which I think is one of two F Zero games that are on there. Yeah, that was also a launch game of the GBA. Yeah, and then Fire Emblem, the original, the first one that made it to the U.S. Yeah, uh, which is very good. Yep. Uh, then Golden Sun, uh, which is a game a lot of people like. Uh, for me, I remember playing it in the car, like going on errands or whatever with my parents, and falling asleep playing it. It mm. just bored me for whatever reason. Well, well, for me, Golden Sun was the game that actually got me into uh, JRPGs the way I am now. I don't play yeah. Golden Sun. I don't care about Chrono Trigger, all that stuff. Golden Sun was my game. So, yeah, love that one. I uh, love the sequel even more. But, yeah, happy to see that coming. Yeah, and then there's Kirby and the Amazing Mirror, uh, which is, I want to say it's the game I played on, like, a Kirby stream, just playing a bunch of Kirbys that I liked a lot and found out the internet hated uh, for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, but it's really unique kind of style. It's also like a co-op one you can play with a bunch of people if you have that many weirdos with you know links uh, to do that. But yeah, it has kind of a maze, like a Metroid kind of layout uh, for its world. It kind of branches out, uh, all that kind of stuff. So that's neat for that. And then there's Metroid Fusion, which is uh, a Game Boy Advance remake of the original Metroid. I assume with a map and all that so that you can actually play it without being a weirdo and pulling up a guide or mapping it out yourself. Uh, so yeah, there's the, the Game Boy Advance lineup. Some pretty good stuff there. Uh, pretty good overall. The closest thing is going to get me to uh, getting the expansion pack, but also I have a bunch of these on the 3DS uh, as well as emulation ways of playing it. So it's not too enticing, but there you go for that. Uh, but yeah, the, then they announced Metroid Prime Remastered, which we talked about extensively as a bunch of quality of life stuff in it to make it feel more like a uh, a modern uh, way a modern Metroid Prime would play like. I assume like what Metroid Prime Four may play like when it's out in like five years. Uh, so yeah, there you go. The physical version's out on the twenty second. Uh, then we got Master Detective Archives Rain Code. Uh, this is yeah the game from Spike Chunsoft. It's kind of a 
uh, an adventure game. Uh, yeah, fully 3D environments to explore, find solution keys to help solve cases. It's the second or the third detective game we've had on this stream. Uh, so there you go for that. That looks neat. Uh, and then they announced a thing that had been rumored shortly before the Direct, Bat and Kaidos 1 and 2 HD remaster uh, coming to the Switch this summer. Uh, I assume it's going to be a Switch exclusive because Nintendo owns the developers that made those games <laughs> uh, versus other games that were Switch or GameCube exclusives at the time that have gone elsewhere. Yeah, the... uh, those are those are those are weird RPGs that a certain sect of JRPG fans like a lot. Yeah, I mean, part of the reason why I got Bat and Kaitos, both of them at the time of the of release, was because I didn't have a PS2. So, you know, it was like my main way to play a JRPG on the GameCube. And uh, the thing that's so confusing about this title is that it's titled Bat and Kaitos 1 and 2, when uh, the first game was, yeah, it was titled um, Eternal Wings in the Lost Ocean. And then the second game was Bat and Kaitos Origins. So I don't, I don't like, so obviously that was a prequel. So I don't know why they're calling it one and two here. Because it's probably easier. Yeah. Than dealing with the the naming of that stuff. But yeah, it seems like they've uh done some visual improvements and probably made it sixty FPS. Doing better than the the Tales of Symphonia remaster. But yeah. that's still stuck at thirty. My main impression is that um a lot of the menus looked worse than what I remember playing on GameCube. I mean the mm-hmm. The the redesigned like backgrounds and things like that are are nice, but like going through the cards, it, it, I don't remember it looking at that bad. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Or this might actually be thirty FPS. They might have just made it a stable thirty FPS. So, Bandai Namco strikes again, because <laughs> uh, that's what it says here at the bottom. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, for that, and then yeah, Fantasy Life I, the girl who steals time. Which is the the last of the or no that's the second to last of the uh wait did I skip one here? I might have deleted something here. No, there it is next. Okay. This is the second of the level five games that got announced as a follow up to Fantasy Life on the three DS, uh my most played three DS game. Uh that's kind of like a they call it a social slow life RPG. I would say it's just an RPG that's uh you are, it's a very grindy RPG where you're able to jump through different jobs that change kind of what you're doing a little bit, but you're still doing a lot of the same stuff because you're just still hacking and slashing kind of stuff. But it's a lot of just taking on as many quests you can with one job, doing them, uh, and trying to move on to the next job kind of thing. Uh, very kind of grindy, but satisfying in a lot of ways. Little story bits uh, there as you're kind of figuring things things out but I did one of those hopefully it's similar kind of gameplay uh for that but they seem to suggest you'll be able to like build your own city uh that kind of stuff uh do some uh animal crossing kind of stuff i guess maybe so i don't know the, i think you can play co-op with other people as well uh so that's cool uh no date on that really just 2023 then they put out a little teaser of Professor Layton and the New World of Steam as the, the last of the level five games here. No information at all. Just <laughs> Professor Layton walking and then turning around to reveal that he is Professor Layton. And so that's probably yeah. coming next we'll year, maybe. Really cool, like industrial revolution in Europe or whatever. And all of a sudden it zooms into Layton with a title. But um, 
no release date. We just know he's back. And uh, it was a good way to cap off all of the level five announcements. You know, uh, level five has been gone for a while, so it's good to see them back. And looking forward to what's coming, especially that uh, they're doing that Deca Police game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go for the, the level five stuff. Uh, then they talk about Mario Kart 8 Booster Course Pass Wave 4. That's coming out sometime this spring. Uh, they also mentioned that they're going to be putting out new characters with each of the remaining packs. Uh, so that's Birdo's the one that's coming to this one. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure if they have the list here of what was announced, but they showed some some new courses to add to the game. I assume eight new ones mm-hmm. uh, for that. Yeah, Yoshi's Island, a new course is coming to it. So there's a new one based on Yoshi's Island. So that's cool. Yeah, there you go. We'll get more details when that gets closer to launch. Again, like the, the, this, this Mario Kart DLC stuff is just uh, absolutely amazing so far. I mean, I, I can't speak for the courses that, that that showed up in in the mobile game, but this Yoshi's Island one looks pretty cool. Uh, it's good to have Birdo and uh, more characters coming. And yeah, yeah, it's, it's so far it's the gift that keeps on giving, especially if you have the expansion. Pack. Yeah. Uh, then we got a new like a, a little montage of things i've cut out the ones that already had dates uh but we got have a nice death is coming out march 22nd that's switching pc that's the uh the game where you're playing death but in like an office environment where you're going to take care of uh rowdy employees that have decided to take over their departments and you have to go kill them to restore order uh, there's WSBC eBaseball Power Pros, the return of Konami's Power Pro series, uh, but with a softball license to it. Uh, this is 99 cents on Switch and PS4, but it is a uh, bare-bones sort of multiplayer-only game. Uh, you can play a local multiplayer against another player or computers or online play stuff, but that's about the extent of it. It's sort of following what they're doing with their their soccer series, which it's all focused on esports stuff. So unfortunately, the return of Power Pros to the West is not for a more fully fleshed out version like we had on the Wii. And that, so there's that. And then Disney Dreamlight Valley has their next Realm updates in April. Uh, I think this one has, I forget what, I think it's Lion King themed. I didn't get any information on that, but there you go for that. And then, yeah, they ended it on the thing everybody was expecting to end on, Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, We got a new trailer that, I don't know, for what it was showing, it didn't really seem to show much of anything. Uh, I was kind of hoping at this point we would get, like, something that more told us, like, what's new with this game, what's going on, you know, why is Link back here in this area. Uh, Again, but you get a little bit of gameplay stuff like there are these like uh, flying and driving platforms that he can kind of control. There's some uh, stuff going on with that. Uh, I think Epona is in the game now. So instead of just grabbing random horses to uh, ride around until you abandon them, uh, is not as much of a thing here anymore. Uh, There's a lot of like corruption stuff going on. But yeah, as far as like pure explanation of what's going on, I I assume we'll have a specific direct for that uh, in the next couple of months before launch. Uh, But yeah, they also confirmed, not in the direct smartly, they didn't say it on the direct, but 
Uh, if you go to pre-order the game on the eShop or the website, it's $69.99. I think pre-orders were still at the $60 price, but I think that those may have been taken down or something uh, at this point. But they also announced the on their website as well the return of the game vouchers. That is 100 bucks. you buy. You get two of them. You can use those two to pre-order or purchase any of their uh, Nintendo's games. Uh, and this is available for one of those. So you can get it for essentially uh, a slight discount, about 20 bucks, uh, with one of the other games that got pre-ordered or available for pre-order for that. But you do have to have Nintendo Switch Online to get access to that stuff, uh, as well as you have to have it when the game comes out as well. Yeah, I think the caveat to that is you also have to uh, use them before the year ends. So Yeah, it's one year from... Big value there, especially with it being a $70 game. But the thing is, after Zelda, we don't know what's coming. So uh, that makes it a little hard, especially if you're someone who's primarily physical and knows that Nintendo games don't go on sale more than once a year. So, yeah, there's that. But, you know, just, just to uh, provide a little bit more color as to what happened there with the price. Not the specific reason, but what happened was um, the day before the Direct, um, the game showed up on the eShop for $70, which, of course, causes a tizzy because Nintendo hasn't released a $70 game in a long long time and yeah uh if if you pre-ordered the game amazon target best buy brick and mortar it was 60 so those remained at 60 and as soon as uh we saw that 70 uh thing on the eShop, uh we, we also started to see some stores take it down so uh that meant that that meant it pretty much guaranteed it there um another thing that was interesting was we also saw uh pre-orders for metroid prime get taken down uh, oh sorry metroid prime 4 get taken down and that kind of kind of led me to believe that we might see a four re-announcement at the direct. That didn't happen, but yeah. Um, now that we know that um, Tears of the Kingdom is uh, seventy bucks, and Nintendo also sort of uh, announced uh, snidely that there's going to be a tiered system. So um, you know, obviously, we won't know what the next one. I would assume the next one's going to be like Prime or uh, maybe a Mario game down the line, but. You know, uh, it is what it is there. We don't know about the full reasoning yet, whether it's because it's a really premium title or whether they're adding more, um, or rather the the game card capacity can't handle what's going to be in the game. But yeah, uh, it's they're, they're, they're following in the suit of uh, PlayStation and Microsoft with uh, their first party titles being 70. So this doesn't really come as a big surprise. But uh, of course, there are ways to save. Like I mentioned, if you pre-ordered before, cool. Uh, you also have the game vouchers that Chris just mentioned if you're an NSO member. And, um, yeah. Yeah, they're charging 70 bucks because they can. Because they know this game will sell. And they've said, like, we're not increasing you know, all our future games to 70 bucks. So they're very much like, yeah, we'll do it for the games we know are going to sell really well. And as we saw earlier on the, uh, the Nintendo Switch hitting 122 million units sold, the previous game sold 29 million units, so that extra 10 bucks for that will make them uh, a potential good bit of money that they didn't uh, that they wouldn't get otherwise. And they'll have an expansion pass, I assume, for this game at some point. I don't know if they announced it already or not, uh, but they did announce a, a collector's edition for 130 bucks. That doesn't seem super great for what's in it. I think it's like a a steelbook case, uh, a couple of items, but nothing really too amazing in there. 
compared to like the one that we had for Breath of the Wild when that came out, which came with like a really cool case for the Switch itself and some other stuff like that. Yeah, and then for Breath of the Wild, there were two of them. We had the limited edition one, which, you know, like you mentioned, had the case. And then there was also the um, Master's Edition, which had a Master Sword. And that was the hard one to get. And uh, yeah, this one is hard to get too, even though it doesn't seem like it, there's a whole, whole lot of cool stuff in it. I'm also surprised yeah. that they didn't just go ahead and announce a new Switch OLED, as I'm sure they'll sell more that way too. Maybe it'll come down the line, but that was a surprise. Yeah. Yeah, people were wondering if the $70 is like, oh, they're going to not switch to, oh, they're going to do that now, because uh, that's where they can do the $70. Like, no, they'll do it whenever they want. Uh, they don't care that much. Uh, but yeah, if you want Breath of the Wild, they have a sale going on right now, <laughs> uh, whopping a 33% off. Get it for $39.99 on the eShop, uh, as well as a physical version uh, to get you hyped for Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, as well as you can get the expansion pass on sale and the bundle for that for $53.98 uh, to spend, you know, 54 bucks on Zelda before the new one comes out. That's a uh, wild, but not surprising because Nintendo doesn't put their games on sale for that much of a discount. And they know this will get them a bump of sales there for that game. So yeah, there you go. Tears of Kingdom, looking forward to that, but I just there's not much in that trailer that was like explaining like what what we're doing in this new game, other than obviously killing Ganon again. Uh doing that since yeah. he's come back. Just, just talk about the trailer content. Like it, it, it was pretty good at being vague. I mean, I don't know much. I, I I don't know about not seeing enough different. I mean, you know, we we saw those vehicles and whatnot. That that seems pretty cool. Him sliding on rails. Uh, and all, all sorts of things that you can do in the gameplay, which was already pretty awesome to begin with. I mean, you know, where there are countless videos online of Link doing some random stuff, like turning his his shield into a into a snowboard, all while flying and shooting things from the opposite side of the map. So, you know, I'd I'd imagine they're they're not <clears throat> they're not gonna take those things out of the out of the engine. Um, but yeah, seeing all these other nuances, including that gauntlet link is wearing like that uh, we don't know what that'll do uh there's a lot of uh a lot of rumors about zelda being dead and whatnot so yeah it'll be interesting to see um i would expect nintendo to have their own direct for this game specifically uh sometime in the near future uh but until now like yeah uh, i'm pretty sure they've raised a lot more questions than answers aside from when it comes out how much it'll yeah, it's it's de- it's definitely still going to be one of the most anticipated games of the year. Yeah, uh, they did announce an amiibo as well of Link with his weird gauntlet hand thing. So that's I think it'll unlock at the very least like a new uh, skin for the paraglider. Like if you have other Zelda or Link amiibos, you can also unlock some of that other stuff because there's pictures of them with different designs. Uh, one that's Majora's Mask. On there, one that has like the the his Breath of the Wild look to it, which has like the the weird shoulder armor straps and all that on it. It's like I don't know why that would be on the design, but okay. But yeah, there you go. Tears of Kingdom that'll do well. Uh, I just want to see more of what I'm going to do in that game versus just a vague trailer. So, well, yeah, that'll do it for the show this week. Uh, 
We'll be back next week. Uh, should be with the full crew uh, to talk about everything that happens this upcoming week. And yeah, thank you to Dan for joining this week. Uh, we'll be back next time with a new slate of news. If you enjoy the show, feel free to let friends and family know that they should check it out. And if uh, you enjoy the show, feel free to uh, you know let the select strangers who are excited about the new Zelda or maybe mad about the price like you are. Uh, you can bond over that kind of stuff. But yeah, thank you all for tuning in, and we'll see you all next time. Have a good one.